millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. There's this acronym that I that I use when I initially started investing and it was FETCH. It's called FETCH and it represents five industries that are needed regardless of economic climate. And so the F stands for financial services, which represents banks and financial institutions, which are the backbone of the economy. The E is energy because energy powers our homes and it gives us gas to get from point A to point B. Uh, T is technology because that's something that's ever evolving. And I think that technology is something that's not going anywhere anytime soon. The C represents communication because we need to be able to stay connected with one another. And the H is for healthcare because unfortunately people are always getting sick and people want to stay healthy. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Come to Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance, so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Welcome back to the show. This is going to be a great episode. You have heard so many guests talk about this idea of creating a diversified stock portfolio to really see why when it comes to investing. And our guest, Miles Gage, he's going to take it even further, diving deeper into how and why behind creating a diversified stock portfolio. I mean, I'm secretly in love with his acronym FETCH to figure out how to structure your portfolio. It's so good. 
He is the co-founder and chief marketing officer of Rapunzel Investments, which is this awesome mobile app that allows you to simulate a stock portfolio with real-time data. So you can trade with fake money and you can actually figure out how, how you would do with real money. Miles is also a true advocate for encouraging young people to invest given his exposure of learning how to invest all the way back to elementary school, where, get this, he won stock trading competitions, so he knows a little something about investing. He even got to hold Warren Buffett's wallet once. I'm going to tell you more about that later. So, so thrilled to bring you this episode. I'm Shauna Compton-Game, and this is Millennial Money. Let's head into the conversation. I want to start here because I ask everyone on the show if they have a funny money story to share. And well, I have to ask about yours. You told me that you got to hold Warren Buffett's wallet once. (laughs) You have to to tell us more about this. Okay. So in 2008, I was invited to this fundraising dinner for Barack Obama um, as he was running for office for his first term. And basically, this investment firm, Ariel, was hosting a dinner with Warren Buffett to raise money for uh, Barack Obama's presidential campaign. And my brother and I, we actually got invited to that dinner and um, (laughs) we got to meet Warren Buffett. Nice. And (laughs) basically, we took a picture with Warren and his wife was basically like, hey, you should let miles hold your wallet and so he warren buffett pulls out his wallet and i took a picture with him holding it so i feel like i got some of his uh <laughs> investing i don't know some juju is something some good wisdom. yeah 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 and it just kind of <laughs> got imparted into me i guess did you did you feel the wallet like you know reverberate in your hands like i did i did <laughs> it was it was kind of crazy i was like oh it's over now. I'm, I'm the second best investor of all time. I love it. Is he? I have this image of Warren Buffett of being like this almost like grandpa kind of guy, you know, just this good hearted guy. What, what's he like? He's, he's just like that. It, it's almost like meeting Santa Claus, I felt. <laughs> <laughs> he was just very jolly, nice, and friendly, um, and like not pretentious at all. Just a very, he seemed like a very regular guy. Like if I, had just bumped into him on the street, I wouldn't know that he was a billionaire. Right, exactly. Like that's not the energy that he he gives off at all. I like that. I think that's that's cool because I think sometimes we have this stigma of wealth as it Mm -hmm. being pretentious and Mm -hmm. that if you are wealthy, you are very exclusive and maybe you don't talk to people the same way. And I think it's, it's always great when we can meet people that are like that, that um, are very approachable. Absolutely. And so he for sure was approachable. Well, I want to talk about investing, of course. This is mm-hmm. what we're here to talk about. And I think that, you know, we can safely say like the last two years in the market or year and a half or however many, how long we've been since COVID have been kind of unlike any others, but really the last 10 plus years have been pretty amazing a lot of growth there have been some some downtimes but but mainly a lot of growth and i know that there's somebody listening right now that's probably gotten into the market in the last few years and are are thinking that this is going to continue forever that it's always going to be kind of an upward momentum what sort of words of wisdom would you would you give to us about just where we are right now uh, 
nothing is permanent. And actually, I'm going to quote Warren Buffett. When others are greedy, be fearful. And when others are fearful, be greedy. And so I think what we're seeing right now is there are a lot of, of there's a lot of greed in the market. And we're seeing a lot of investors or people trying to chase the returns of Wall Street right now. Um, but I think as, you know, with the S&P 500 and all these indices and, and stock markets hitting these record highs in the middle of a, a pandemic when the economy and in in, as a whole is demonstrating so much uncertainty, I think that that should make us all question, like, is this sustainable? Is this going to last? And I think, you know, you've got um, inflation creeping up. You've got interest rates being at record lows and you've got the, the, the Fed saying that they're going to stop buying bonds. I think these are all signs that the economy is probably on the brink of correction or brink on making the turn. And I think that people should be weary of that before purchasing um, securities or assets at, I think, high levels. I don't think you're right. getting a bargain or a discount at all. So I just think it's just to be cognizant of, of what's going on. And to never forget history, because those that fail to learn from history are due to repeat it. And I think that there are a lot of signs that we've seen in previous uh, before previous market um, turns or corrections. So especially if I'm listening and maybe I'm a newer investor, uh, how might I try to at least protect myself from any correction? Are there ways to do that? I think that one, as a new investor, I think that it's just something that's a part of the process. And I think that it's it's good to see it. The only way that you can truly protect yourself is one through diversification and not trying to time the market, but all about time in the market. So if you mm-hmm. were to purchase an asset or a share of a stock right now, and then let's say in six months, that price or the, the value of the, sh- the share is less than the price that you purchase it, don't necessarily sell it. Maybe look at, look and or revisit the company and think about, is it still a sound business? Does it make sense? And then maybe that's an opportunity for you to buy more shares of the company at a discounted price. But the other thing that uh, I will say in in a shameless plug for me is that I think that Rapunzel, which is the app that I develop, is a great tool for inexperienced or newer investors to interact with the stock market in a way that they're not using their own money. And so Rapunzel is a mobile app that gives each user 10,000 fictitional dollars to buy and sell publicly traded companies. So investors can see what their returns or losses would have been. if They actually made those trades with their real money and in their actual portfolios. But nonetheless, Rapunzel also allows our users to enter their simulated portfolios into competitions for scholarship and cash prizes, which is some, which is a new feature um, or a new component of the app that is launching this month. So <laughs> had to get that in there. No, yeah. And I, I wanted to ask you, I, I want to hear the story of, of meeting Brian your freshman year mm-hmm. of high school and, and talking about stocks and, and how that led to the creation of, of Rapunzel. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great um, question. So this is 2008. So I met Brian my freshman year of high school in 08 in the middle of the great housing crisis that yes. brought on the last recession. 
And so we are 14 year old at the time, 14 years old at the time. And we bonded over the fact that we were both one, we're freshmen in high school and we're both new to this school, but we are also teen investors. So we were having like all of these heated discussions or arguments at our lockers, which were three apart about like opportunities in the market, because we recognized that this, um, this, this event was triggered by something that took place in the banking industry and really banks were lending money to people to buy homes that had no business buying one home, let alone three in the first place. But this, 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 these events had rippling effects into other industries like consumer goods that in theory have nothing to do with the housing market. So we right. just recognized the magnitude of these event was having or sending shockwaves to other industries. So we just recognize that there are a lot of discounts and we recognize that there are a lot of opportunities. So as 14 year olds, we were buying a lot of companies at discounted prices. And to your point about what, what would be my advice for new investors, this is literally two years into me investing, but understanding that market cycles are permanent. And this is just something that happens. So during that time, we were aggressively buying shares of companies and we've since watched them rebound. And so that's my personal experience is something that I can speak on to other people that may not have not or or just be or about to experience something like that. Um, So so that was pretty cool. But nonetheless, I think Ryan and I's passion for investing was something that didn't subside after we graduated high school. And I think both of us were already already knew that we were pursuing careers on Wall Street. So we had internships throughout college. And we remained friends throughout that. And then we just had the idea to create this platform. And we saw that investing was becoming more mainstream and people were flocking to platforms and didn't know the fundamentals about investing. So we saw Rapunzel as a way to do that, but also as an opportunity to make it exciting and create social components and host competitions and give away money because we thought that that would be enticing for people. <laughs> <laughs> money always works. Right? Yeah, no, exactly. To, to utilize the platform. Yeah, that's, that's great. I, I love that. I love places where you can trade with fake money more or less. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and see and test out your skills and learn while you're doing it. And if you lose some fake money, <laughs> It's not going to break your bank necessarily. And hopefully you 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 do. You learn from it. I mean, that's one of the ways I started when I was investing was playing around in that way. And I think it's it's mm. incredible. And like how cool to be able to create portfolios and then be able to win win money for the creation of that. It's very cool. Exactly. But I want to talk about this idea. You you mentioned this idea of of diversified stock portfolio. So I want to talk a little bit about like what is that and and why is that important? What is diversification and why is it important? Um, well, as the old saying goes, you never want to put all your eggs in one basket because if you trip <laughs> and you fall on your <laughs> eggs, they're broken. And that translates to the world or translates to the world of investing in the sense that you don't want to invest all your money in one company or one industry. Because if that 
industry or company is adversely impacted by whatever, then that is your your all your money is going to be lost or you're going to lose your money. And that's not what you want. So a way to mitigate risk or your exposure to a specific industry or a company is to diversify or invest your money in various industries or asset classes because they are not all going to be impacted by the same things. So if one industry isn't performing well, that may not be reflected in your entire portfolio because there may be other companies that you own in your portfolio that are doing well because their industry is growing or they were impacted positively by an event that had a negative impact or sent in shock to another industry that you may be investing in. Right. Now, I'm going to ask a question where I know the answer is like asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> but hoping you can give us a, some guidance because I got a lot of questions from listeners about okay, I understand I need to put together a diversified portfolio or a portfolio of you know multiple things I'm investing in, but I just have no idea how to start doing that. Like, How would you practically walk someone through how they could figure out like what the right components of a diversified portfolio is for them? Asterisk, 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 it depends. <laughs> but, um, to be I knew honest, that would be the answer. <laughs> no, absolutely. But but to all, in all seriousness, when you're initially building your investing or your stock portfolio, I would say that you want to think about companies that you actually support. And more often than not, the companies that you support are probably going to be household names or they're probably going to be blue chip companies. And what a blue chip company is, is a company that is pretty much established is a market leader, has sizable market share of the respective industry, and has demonstrated consistent returns year over year. So when initially investing, you're pro- you're going to want to look at companies that you support, which are probably going to end up being blue chip companies. And additionally, you're going to want to look at companies that are going to be needed or industries that are going to be needed, regardless if the economy is booming or if the economy is retracting or or in a recession. So industries that are needed regardless of how the economy is performing is a good stepping stone. And that respective company is, again, that'll be relative to, to you as an individual. But nonetheless, I think that's the mindset that you want to be in. And again, you don't want to invest in one specific industry. So if you have a company that's consumer goods, maybe the second company that you purchase or the second stock that you buy in your portfolio is a healthcare company, or maybe it is a communications company, or maybe it's a technology company. So those are things that you want to think about when you're initially building a stock portfolio. Financial anxiety, anyone? Yeah, you're not alone. But worrying about it, it doesn't help. Earnin does. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 per day as you work and leave an additional tip. 
Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So how would you spend the money you get from Earnin? Well, honestly, my hubby and I have been feeling a little bit disconnected lately. That's what happens after you've been together about 12 years. So I would spend the money on a special date night with dinner and maybe bowling, you know, to bring back some of that giggly excitement that we both felt at the beginning. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security, gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin, T-A-L-K-A-N, money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin money under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Listen, if you've been using Mint to manage your money, I have got some news for you. First, the bad news. As you might know, Mint is shutting down for good. But the good news, well, there is a way better alternative that is a personal favorite of mine, Monarch Money. And I'm not the only lover of Monarch Money. Many Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and just raving about it. I used to manage my money with an Excel spreadsheet. I know, so archaic. And it was so time consuming. I tried all of the apps but I just didn't find one I liked until I found Monarch. And I've got to tell you a secret. Monarch is so easy to use with a very intuitive design. You can even collaborate with your partner and you can customize Monarch for whatever your needs are. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Let's go back to the collaboration bit. Because we know money is a leading cause of divorce and breakups, Monarch has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. You can see all your finances, make a budget together, get insights on your cash. Yes, cue the confetti. There will literally not be any more arguments over money. And if you've been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, or rarely updated, so was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful ad-free, and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Monarch has a tool that allows you as well to easily import your data from Mint. You can keep all of your tags and all of your categories. After trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hey there. Okay, I just want to let you know one quick thing before we dive back into the episode. Traditionally, you'd hear an Ask Shauna right here in this episode, but what we've decided to do is change things up on the show. And actually, we're going to be changing a lot of things over the next couple of months, but you're going to hear more about that later. So what we've decided to do is to take the Ask Shauna questions and turn them into a full episode every Sunday. So 
Be sure to tune in to all of our episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays and every Sunday where you can hear Ask Shauna questions answered. So if you've got a question, head right on over to the show notes and I will definitely get your question answered. Okay, back to the show. You know, I think so many investors, especially young investors, feel this like disconnect between what I'm, my options or what I'm choosing to invest in versus like, do I actually care about this company? So you're saying like, look, look at the things that you use in your life or the companies that you like and, and start from that perspective. Right. And, and to go a little bit deeper, don't just buy the company that you like. If there is a company that you identify that you like, then you begin conducting your research. I think a second step it would be probably reading a company's annual report. And the an annual report essentially tells, it's like a book report of the company's year. And so you can see how the company has performed over the, their fiscal year to get an understanding of the financial health and the outlook of the company. I think research is something that people don't spend enough time doing. Um, sometimes we do see people just buying companies that are popular on the internet, popular on Reddit, or here that or have heard their friends speak about. But I think to really be comfortable with investing and making the decision, you're going to need to do your own homework and you're going to have to have your own thesis on why you think this is a good investment. So what sort of things would we be looking at in the annual report or looking for? Yeah, I mean, from a qualitative standpoint, you want to look at sound leadership, sound management. Are the, comp- are the people who are running this company equipped to do that? Are they experts on the industry? You also want to look at the products or what the company or services that they provide. Is this something that's of quality? Are these things that are people are purchasing? Um, from a quantitative standpoint, you'll want to know if a company is profitable. Is, does this company have revenue? If they don't have revenue, is there a track for them to start generating revenue or profits? Are profits or revenue consistently rising year over year? Does this company have a lot of debt? If they do, is there a path on them paying the debt back? Is there are do they have assets on on? deck? Like, what are those? Um, I think those are things to consider when um, viewing the annual report. I think the biggest takeaway is the financial health of the company. One, companies aren't necessarily profitable, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad investment because, like I mentioned earlier, there may be a path for them to become profitable because they're in an industry, a new industry, a nascent industry, but it is positioned to grow. So that company has the ability to capture market shares and become profitable in the future. So I think the annual report just helps an investor or helps an individual understand all different aspects of the company. Yeah, I like that. Thanks for walking us through that because I'm sure somebody listening is like, but wait a minute, what am I looking for? Uh, you have on your website too, you've got some great info and I love you've got 10 pieces of trading wisdom there. Mm-hmm. And I want to just, just talk about a couple of them. You, you have there that trading is all about looking at patterns, which you're kind of talking about here. And you say, figure out where you can best enter and exit to make a profit or minimize your loss. So 
can you give us like just a little like kind of one-on-one education on figuring out the entry and the exit points? Yeah, totally. So I think, again, good, as the saying goes, you want to buy low, sell high. So I think a good entry point would be the current stock price and an exit point would be a higher stock price than you initially purchased that. But how do you recognize those events or where do you look to see those opportunities? I would say for me personally, I look at um, short term or headlines. I watch for headlines for respective industries or a company. So if a negative headline comes out about a company, then typically the company's stock price is adversely impacted. So I think this provides a good entry point to purchase a company. And so depending on the severity of that negative headline, that could be, you know, an opportunity or that may be a red flag. So if the headline is around like this coal is out and renewables are in, I wouldn't say go buy stock or shares of a coal company because the industry is becoming obsolete. So there's probably not an right. opportunity to rebound. However, if there was a headline about this coal company is missed their earnings. However, they are currently investing in or yeah, investing in doing research and development into renewable energy because they want to roll out this new product that has a de- it's going to have a demand in the future. While the stock price may um, be negatively impacted because the company missed earnings, that may be an opportunity to buy shares of that company because you know that they're investing or trying to um, pivot their company to something that's going to be profitable in the future. So I think, again, current events is a really good opportunity to potentially have an entrance point into a company. And then I think as far as exit goes, that's going to vary from person to person. And it's really going to depend on what your strategy is. So for me personally, I've have adopted very much a Warren and Buff- Buffett approach and how I invest when I think about like owning a business or owning businesses for the long term. So I'm not trying to get in and out of a position over a short term period. I'm investing because I really believe in a company and I believe in the long term opportunities for the company. So I'm typically holding shares or I'm typically holding those investments. So like I said, in a way, I think I sold, I first began selling some of those positions like last year. And that was after holding them since 2008. So that was like 12 years. Wow. Right. So, but again, another point that I mentioned earlier is it's not about time, timing the market. It's about time in the market. And if you look at the S&P 500, it's delivered average returns of 10% since its inception. And that's including. Um, market cycles or periods when the economy was contracting. So I think a good point about like trading or investing is just that you probably aren't going to be a good trader in the short term because you probably just don't have that the best or cutting edge technology or high speed technology to allow you to to really capture short term movement. But over the long term, you're likely to make money just just given how the economy grows and just looking at what's happened historically. 
Yeah, that's great. I, I love that. And you obviously has been have been trading for a very long time. I, I'd love to hear like how has trading changed your life or impacted your life? Well, I would say I don't even really consider myself a trader because I think of trading as something that's more short term. But I would say how investing has impacted my life is the fact that I just understand it's helped me get comfortable with market cycles. So a lot of people freak out when they hear about, <laughs> um, let's say, these negative events in the economy and you see all the headlines in the news and it seems like it's the end of the world. But from me experiencing OA and getting through it, I'm like, oh, well, this does this isn't permanent. So I know that things aren't great today, but that isn't going to be the case tomorrow and not tomorrow in the literal sense of the day that comes after today, but just oh, in the in the next years, I know that things aren't permanent. So I think it's helped me just get comfortable with movements of things going up and down and just learning how to be cool and weathering storms, really. Right. Yeah. Balancing that, um, that emotion, right. Mm -hmm. with, with investing. Yeah. Cause I know that's where a lot of us, especially if we're newer investors, that's kind of where we get stuck. People are very emotional and you really can't be emotional when it comes to this. You have to be rational. That, that is the key. Why do you think, I mean, this is kind of a opinion based question, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Like, why do you think we don't teach about investing. Like we don't teach when we're young. We don't learn about investing. Obviously you were young and you and Brian were really interested in this and, you know, kind of doing your own investigative research. But why do you think we don't teach this as a skill? Because we don't teach it because people, we don't know about it. Um, and I think historically talking about money and, and investments has been a taboo topic for whatever reason. Um, but it is a conversation that you see people from higher socioeconomic classes talk about. But from a middle and a working class standpoint, people don't talk about money because they may not be the best money managers or they're embarrassed to talk about their shortcomings with their um, with their relatives. And then I right. think by not talking about that, it ends up perpetuating these negative savings and spending habits that have perpetuated communities from one, all colors and all different socioeconomic statuses. And I think that sometimes, um, despite someone having a lot of money, they may also be clueless. Um, and I think that, I think that we should be talking about it. And I think that it needs to be a conversation that is, is a more prevalent conversation in my eyes. But I just think that the lack of wherewithal really prevents us from having that. And I think people are embarrassed to, to talk about what they don't know yeah, um, or even ask for, for the help or even know where to go. To yeah. Right. So. Yeah. That's such truth. Um, wow. Well, you're obviously doing a lot to change the conversation around mm -hmm. investing. Tell me a little bit um, before we wrap up here, tell me a little bit about like, if, if I'm using Rapunzel, like what's my experience, what am I doing? So, yeah, what is your experience? What are you doing? So when, you, when you're when you downloading Rapunzel on the iOS, Apple Store, or the Google Play Store, and soon to be web platform in 2022, you are, you are signing up and you are 
receiving ten thousand fictional dollars on the home screen. You're going to see ten thousand fictional dollars, and you have the ability to buy and sell publicly traded companies. In addition to buying them, you have the ability to, to short sell publicly traded companies. And not only on top of that, you have the ability to enter into competitions for cash prizes if you're over the age of 18. And so that's a way for you to earn money by making investments with a simulated portfolio. But nonetheless, what Rapunzel ultimately does, it, it, it exposes and it makes investing accessible to people that previously were apprehensive about investing in the stock market or were fearful of losing my, their money. And I think that we call the app Rapunzel because people view the world to investing in the returns of Wall Street is something that's inaccessible to most people. So we're essentially rolling down that hair to provide equitable access to financial markets in a way in which you can learn and you can also earn and you also don't have to lose or sacrifice your own personal money. So I think it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, very cool. Well, I want to leave everyone with something actionable about investing. So is, is there something that you would suggest to do today, maybe to help us get more of a diversified portfolio or even to, to figure out if our poli- portfolio is diversified? Yeah, I mean, there's this acronym that I that I use when I initially started investing, and it was Fetch. It's called Fetch, and it represents five industries that are needed regardless of economic climate. And so the F stands for financial services, which represents banks and financial institutions, which are the backbone of the economy. The E is energy because energy powers our homes and it gives us gas to get from point A to point B. Uh, T is technology because that's something that's ever evolving. And I think that technology is something that's not going anywhere anytime soon. The C represents communication because we need to be able to stay connected with one another. And the H is for healthcare because unfortunately people are always getting sick and people want to stay healthy. So that's just one acronym that I would impart on any new investors, but I would just say for anyone that is wants to see how diversified their stock portfolio is, I think that you want to look and make sure that your companies or the, yeah, the, the companies in your portfolio are just all not in the same industry. And then you also want to look at how do those industries respond to various events in the economy. And if they all move the same way, like if interest rates rise or if interest rates fell or if unemployment rise or whatever uh, variable it may be, then maybe you want to invest in companies that don't all or aren't all correlated in that regard. So many great takeaways in this episode, but I got to just keep coming back to the acronym FETCH. I use this to measure against my own portfolio to see how diversified I truly was. And it was kind of eye-opening for me. So I encourage you, give it a try if it if it fits in with your investment goals. I think it's just a great way to structure a diversified portfolio. And I must say, because we're talking about investing, I just want you to remember that we're all different. We all have different investing goals, needs, even values. So what works for one person is not going to work for the other person. That's why I try to give you lots of different ideas. 
But you can check out Rapunzel at Rapunzel, R-A-P-U-N-Z-L, investments.com, or just head to the App Store or Google Play to download the app and get started today. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. You are the reason that I continue to do this show. And without you, this show would not be this show. So just remember to hit that subscribe or follow button in whatever app you're listening to this episode in to make sure that you never miss an episode. I'll see you back here in a couple days with a brand new one. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.